0: Welcome everybody, my name is Danny Akoski. Welcome to the uh, next Trimark webcast. We just got done doing one. And we're like, you know what, we're gonna do another one. And then we're gonna do another one after this, but I'm gonna be getting ahead of myself if I say that. My name is Danny Akoski. I am customer success manager here at Trimark. And uh, today we have saving the marriage. Easy wins. So vSphere, an active directory can live happily ever after, because, I mean, whether you know it or not, um, as goes one, so goes the other, right? Like if your AD gets popped, your vSphere is not long to follow. And if somebody pops into your vSphere, your AD is not long for this world. But joining us today, I am not the expert. I've just had so much tutelage over the past couple of months as we've been prepping uh, for this webinar that I almost feel like a subject matter expert because we honestly have one of the best in the business. Um, and he's better at doing slides than I am. It doesn't accidentally advance one slide at a time uh, when he's not supposed to. Demetrius Mustakish Jr. is our Trimark service lead for our virtual infrastructure security assessment. Uh, D, uh, as his friends call him, D, uh, I asked him what he wanted to be called, and He was like, you can call me D for today, but it's Mr. Moustakis after this. How are you, D?
1: I'm doing great, Danny. It's good to get to talk to you.
0: Dude, this is awesome. I've been really excited uh, for this for a while. And um, uh, so we, we, like, we, we talk about AD all the time. We talk about um, identity uh, security all the time. But uh, for Trimark services, we have three main areas of concentration, which is, which is uh, identity, Azure AD, and, of course, and virtualization. Uh, D's specialties lie in VMware, vSphere, and Active Directory security. Um, out of all the things, D, like let's learn, let's let's learn a little bit about you, right? Like because whenever I go to a webcast or ever I attend the webinar, uh, I like to know why the heck should I listen to this person, right? So what made you? Well, w- w- where where did you start in security and like IT and admin stuff, and what made you want to specialize? In VMware, and how long have you been doing it?
1: Sure. Um, well, I've been in the IT, um, I've been in, in computers for about 25 years now. Um, I moved into it as a systems administrator, as a lot do. Um, I've done my time on a tier one help desk doing call center. Um, I kind of cut my teeth on virtualization a little over a decade ago on vSphere, VI3, uh, actually, before vSphere was a thing. And um, I just fell in love with the technology. I thought it was amazing. Um, the minute you were able to abstract multiple servers on one physical box, um, I was excited and horrified at the same time um, because I immediately saw that if I pulled the power plug, one system wasn't gonna go down, multiple would. And that that really hooked me. I got into compl- um, how to do fault tolerance, how to do resiliency through clustering and, And then I got into security. Um, I was frightened a couple of times by what some of the implications were to compromising the underlying infrastructure, physical infrastructure, and then what that meant for the actual virtual infrastructure as well. So I kind of pivoted, um, started specializing in security from there and uh, came on with Trimark about five years ago and was uh, working on Active Directory security as well as developing um, vSphere configurations to secure that front
0: awesome so we as you and I were we' talking about like what are the what are the most like what are we actually going to talk about right like so what's the actual problem that we want to address here because we don't just want to talk for the sake of talking we don't just do shilling here we don't just say hey we have a service buy this thing because we want to sell it to you we want we wanted to determine what are the actual problems that we want to talk about so um, one is one that you really, that really hit me at home. Cause I, so I've been doing security myself for over 10 years. Now I was in the defensive space, uh, threat hunting space, um, that kind of thing. And I never actually myself touched a lot of virtualization, security, uh, configuration management, that kind of thing. So you could be in this industry for a very long time and never really, uh, touch all of the things, or even there are certain things that that's why we have subject matter experts and you had said virtualization security is where ad security was a decade ago can you expand on that a little bit
1: sure um i think it just has to do with focus really i mean there there's been some really good work done around securing certain platforms and active directory is a really good example of that Um, Ever since uh, AD was first released, administrators have been using it. It's been in the data center as a a major factor in um, LDAP-like services, directory services. Um, And in the last 10 years, we've seen incredible strides at not only the research of securing Active Directory but it actually going out of being implemented, real world ways of actually securing the Active Directory environment. Um, The reason that you might say that virtualization is where uh, AD security is a decade ago is because of the focus. There just hasn't been as many eyes on virtualization security for one reason or another that we'll get into, Um, but it kind of, there's like a, a life cycle or a path I've noticed on some of these platforms and virtualization is it just hasn't, again, had the attention that I think that other platforms like Active Directory, and there's a maturity implication there. You don't have as much in the way of research, and you don't have as many practices being implemented.
0: So, you, and, and by the way, uh, for anybody who is in the webinar right now, we have quite a few, by the way. I won't tell you the actual number because I don't want to freak you out, but it's a lot. Uh, you can ask questions. If you have a question of D as we go through these things. Um you are welcome to ask questions in the chat, and like as I see them, I'll, I'll feed them to D. So by all means, um, go crazy. Um, you also said something, uh, you know, that one of the main problems here is that people just, and this is actually, I think, kind of a universal problem, right? Like we spend so much time just uh, trying to decrease that tech debt, uh, and and or that kind of takes a back seat, and being able to stay on that bleeding edge of the security uh, of virtual world, kind of takes a back seat to just trying to outrun the old bugs, right? Like, and I think it's not just a problem in virtualization, but seems to be kind of more prevalent when you say. Um, yeah. Uh,
1: they're just, I don't know, I, I, I go back to it a lot. I know I talk about maybe the attention hasn't been on virtualization like it does, but um, the decreasing technical debt, what do you mean by that?
0: By, in, so so we said um, it, so we're we're so busy just outrunning old bugs, right? Putting out fires and 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 doing all of these things that we're not having time to really spend, like uh, to um, uh, decrease that tech debt. And rather than trying to stay on that like well as we call like the bleeding edge, right? Of of, of, of secure virtualization, we're just trying to outrun the old stuff. Why do you think that is?
1: Well, because of the lack of attention, sometimes what you need to do is you need to do your job first. And the administrator's job is operations, right? And it's it's not that this security isn't everyone's job, it's what is their primary focus. And if the primary focus of the administrator is operations, keeping the systems running, keeping the key systems patched, what you'll notice with uh, vSphere is sometimes it's going to be a little behind. It's gonna be something that doesn't benefit from Maybe Patch Tuesday is a very famous thing for for Microsoft systems. Um, there's no such thing really in VMware. It's um, the practices are often, hey, make sure your systems are patched on the next release. Well, that's a little intermittent. Or make sure your uh, systems are patched quarterly or an arbitrary time period. So if you don't, if you pick those things and you have arbitrary times like that, you might deprioritize it. You might be chasing those problems as they start to come out. I mean, attackers never rest man. they're never going to stop looking for ways to get by on the existing systems, either using a special technique or exploiting some sort of vulnerability. And if the administrators are already challenged, uh, they're not going to see this coming. They're not going to be ready for it, uh, even in the regular patch cycles uh, that a, a given environment might have.
0: So as big a, as this is a huge conversation, we could do a whole series on this. So. <laughs> You know, we could do hours and hours on this, but for this hour, we kind of wanted to narrow it down on and approach it as misconceptions about VMware and virtualization versus the actual reality of working in these things. So we came up with a few of them. And then after we do the misconception versus reality, we're gonna walk through what a in real life breach would look like, right? So misconception number one is that throughout your assessments and throughout so trimark has done a ton of assessments with vmware and then we go and we do the things and we give them the findings uh so this is where that expertise is coming from that and d's in, entire career um, so that first one is that vmware is secure just out of the box where do you think that that came from and what's the actual reality of it
1: um that's actually a really good one to start with um the reason might be what I, I mean, I personally experienced it, which is when vSphere came to prominence and it's, you started seeing it more in the data center, gosh, it was, it was quite a long time ago now. Um, but what you had was you didn't have the same tools working on vSphere. You had security scanners, you had um, auditors coming in and they were asking tough questions to the administrators and the administrators were looking at it going, if you can't see it or you can't scan it, it must be secure. Um, Also, there wasn't an immediate attention to it as an attacks platform. You weren't, attackers weren't immediately looking at it, uh, perhaps to say, how can we exploit this and how can we take advantage of it? Um, There's a learning curve there. It's not that there wasn't a desire to try to figure things out or sneaky ways to go after uh, an ESX and then an ESXi um, uh, platform. It's that it was new. It was in the data center, it was new. A lot of the security professionals didn't know how to look at it. They didn't know how to scan it. They didn't know um, if they should treat it like a Red Hat system or a Linux system, if they should treat it as something unique. There was a big learning curve. And so what I did, and a lot of administrators said, is you can't get me, you can't see me, you can't penetrate this box, it's a black box. It's, you know, ring zero, it's way down there. You can't find me, you can't get at me. And that misconception started to persist. That became the answer at every um, security roundtable. That became the the continuing messaging is, oh, it's just, it's secure. It's secure by default, they loaded. They're they're always changing the the configurations when they update it on every release. It's just getting better and it's already secure. Don't worry about it. Um, And then, you know, to be honest, in vSphere 7 and now in vSphere 8, um, VMware is actually doing a really good job of, by default, setting a lot of those configurations to the known secure state. Um, but the reality is that uh, security is everybody's job. I know I just said that the administrator's primary job is operations, but they're also there on the front lines. It's it's They're one of the key defenders of security in any environment. And we can't just assume that the system itself is secure out of the box it's a new platform you have to come up to speed on it you have to learn what the vendor offers as far as security exposure and what you can do to secure that Um, many of the ways that you can take a look at that is to go after building sandbox environments and building pre-production environments and you know using some standard techniques to see what happens when you go after the management interfaces when you try to use you know, admin accounts, um, things of that nature. But that's probably where the misconception came from. I know because I experienced it firsthand, I used to say to my guys uh, on the security staff when they would come down to do an audit, like you can't see my hosts and everything's fine, right? And um, we know how that ends up.
0: So during the course of your, uh, uh, when you deliver our final um, assessment report, by the way, if you're interested in in a virtual assessment, our visa, TrimarkSecurity.com slash services um that's my radio voice during your deliverables (laughs) just going into kind of like that real world of like okay you've done an assessment you're sitting with the executives uh or as it happens now virtually for most of us um what's the most common like oh shocked face that like you get from clients that you've said a thing and they're like we had no idea it was like this or like oh my god we're not doing this
1: Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I could tell you what we run into most commonly. Sometimes yeah. it's shocking, and sometimes I'll be honest, the admins actually know. And um, in some cases, they were they were looking for an ally or some some really good material to help champion ideas of security, even with their stakeholders. And that's going to be securing the host and securing um, the actual administrator accounts. Uh, What we detect in many environments that actually put the administrators back on their heels is that they don't realize how old some of the versions of VMware tools are loaded on their virtual machines. And that how many different known exploits are on uh, VMware tools versions. Um, There's CVEs out there left and right about how to compromise virtual machines through much older known uh, issues, including VMware tools. Uh, The other one is, uh, not realizing that the ESXi hosts aren't just a power button and a boot-up, um, that you have to secure the host itself that we're able to show. Uh, ports that are normally off by default, even in vSphere 7, SSH, for example, is off. I'll uh, be detect SSH enabled on almost every host um, in many environments. And on some environments, they're just, I can tell there's four or five hosts with SSH left open. So I say left open most likely because of an administrator activity that they didn't go back and turn, you know, that close that door, so to speak, turn that off. So what we find is known old exploits, um, completely uh, vanilla configured ESXi hosts that are not secure. Um, And in some cases, that the account access controls or they're either using the built-in administrator account, which if you've ever read anything from Trimark is a giant no-no to use the, the built-in accounts or the built-in roles for that matter, just assigning a lot of privileges to a lot of individual accounts.
0: And the th- the, o- the other thing with, with virtual, right, is that there's also a um, uh, um, um, hardware aspect to it right, like we have stuff like the TPMs, uh, those trusted platform modules. Can you talk a little bit about how those are or aren't being utilized?
1: Sure, I mean, in addition to, let's say, some of the looks I get when we look at access controls for the hosts, what what you're finding is there's some standard technologies out there, trusted platform modules, for example. Um, TPMs are used to secure or protect um, the secrets of a host specifically during its boot up, right? During the initial uh, bootloader, during the initial pass to the um, operating system, you wanna make sure that that process isn't able to be tampered with or interfered with. Well, TPMs have been out for quite some time and VMware has been supporting TPMs uh, to securely boot ESXi hosts since at least vSphere 6.5 and TPM 2.0 since 6.7. So, what we find in almost every environment is if we do detect TPM chips, they're often not enabled. And in almost every case, secure boot is not enabled at all on the ESXi host. So whether it's the EFI uh, secure boot enabled or actually imposing that uh, through the exec configuration and the host, I'm just not finding it. Those are simple configurations recommended by VMware so that you can boot in a known good state the host from the bottom up. Um, After that, it's actually the layers of the stack. Um, Once you have a a secure host, you then have to turn your your eyes towards the virtual machine itself, where you there again, you have a virtualized uh, hardware that is abstracted and that itself needs to be secure on boot. So you have virtual TPMs, that's a thing and virtualization that hold the secrets for the guest operating system of an individual virtual machine. And there is no security in what you might call that virtual trust or virtual root. Um, and I'm, I find it in almost every one of our assessments that they, they're not booting ESXi hosts in a known secure state, even when they're going to pivot to try to do something to secure the guest operating system or the virtual machine itself. So
0: I so, uh, wanna pivot real quick. We have a couple questions uh, from the chat. Uh, one, uh, one person asked, um, I see CVEs being released for VMware more frequently. Is this because more attacks are happening? Um, I feel like there's been a regulative amount of CVEs, but
1: um, some of the ones that have been coming out just in the last two or three years have been quite concerning. Um, they uh, The ones that specifically are, and I would say low rating, um, mostly I think there's, their categories is low because you have to compromise several particular steps in a given attack path in order to get to that specific vulnerability or exploit. But I mean, one one CVE in particular uh, uh, just came out not too too long ago, Um, uh, 20867 was a compromise of a known exploit in uh, VMware tools, which actually allows uh, someone with elevated privileges in the vSphere environment, to go unauthenticated into the guest operating system. Now that's a very significant bug. Now, it's only rated as a low. And I under, like I said, I understand why. It's because it takes like five or six significant compromises to get through that attack path to that point. But we're talking about now breaching from the virtual infrastructure directly into the guest operating system. This particular exploit allows them to inject malware without being challenged for authentication on a guest operating system. So you just circumvented all the defenses on the other side of that with the guest operating system as a Windows system and it's uh, protected through a bunch of security controls and access controls on the Windows side. You just circumvented all of that. And in many cases, you can't even audit for this. You can't find logging right away to drop in like that. So I am seeing um, more concerning attacks lately, I'd say in the last two years, but I, I would say that there have been a regulative amount of known vulnerabilities being identified, and then thankfully being either immediately having a workaround or a good patch coming out immediately
0: um, to
1: resolve the issue.
0: Um, there's a, there was another question. Uh, uh, um, should we that? So going back just real quick, kind of frog halving back to how we talked about uh, default creds and default creds should be break glass, not you know daily use. Should we should they then um, uh, disable the built-in roles completely?
1: Um, what I would say you can't. So let's let's talk about the administrator, uh, the default administrator for the single sign-on domain. That you should. We have a really good recommendation for the Windows side of the house at Trimark, and what we say is for the let's say the domain default administrator account, that you should use it like a break glass, last ditch emergency only access control, so that's an account. The administrator account in um, in the default domain of a vSphere environment, I would say use that similarly. Protect that account, give it a very good password, uh, vault the password or secure it, don't use it for daily administrative tasks, um, and only use it for break glass you know, situations. As far as the roles themselves, Um, yeah I would not utilize any of the built-in roles Uh, obviously VMware doesn't recommend to do that it goes to show you in vendor circles they always seem to give you all of this default stuff they there's still the default administrator groups like server operators and print operators on AD and you have the same thing in every platform Uh, VMware is the same they give you an administrator uh, default role but um, if it were up to me, what I would start, and I'm going to start putting together actually some some literature on this so that I can release it, is have some really reasonable uh, permissions assigned to custom roles for everyday tasks that administrators are going to use. You have network administrators, virtual machine administrators, and you shouldn't just rely on the wholesale generic roles that VMware gives you. You should, fi- you should start to understand how the permissions are assigned build those roles and then assign them with the proper individuals. Um, access, uh, role-based access control is really tough in VMware. It's very different than systems like Active Directory and and Windows, It's it takes some getting used to. But yeah, I would depart from using the built-in roles at all and I would just, you could use them to clone new roles and then start deprecating and modifying the permissions in order to get something a little more uh, reasonable. Don't give them God mode access. Don't give them guest operation access unless they're a virtual machine administrator. Um, you can even separate that out from your vSphere administrators.
0: All right, we got man. We're still in the first misconception. <laughs> we, got, we got we got two more to get to plus the whole like real world breach thing. So let's we gotta move along on this one. Uh, misconception number two, Demetrius Mustakis Jr. Uh, who is uh, <laughs> services lead of our virtual infrastructure security assessment here Excellent. at Trimark Trimarksecurity.com. Misconception <laughs> number two, D, none of the traditional security practices apply to VMware.
1: Hey, that's How a good you? one. That's a good one there. So um, this affects cloud. This affects uh, virtualization. What ends up happening, um, and it's funny, it, I feel like it happens all the time. Um, someone gets introduced to the technology. They're like, wow, this is so different. It's so unique. They impl- they start planning and they implement it. They have buy-in from the stakeholders and they rush right out and they do it. And they, you know, when they're getting pushback, you know, InfoSec team starts to push back and say, hey, we can't go to production without, you know, uh, securing this. They go, oh, no, 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 this is a brand new thing. We don't even know how it works. Um, we have to figure it out. It's got all new ways of doing permissions and all new uh, ways to access to control access controls. Nothing could be further from the truth. Many of the traditional practices that we use to safeguard other platforms, both in the data center and the cloud can be applied to the virtual infrastructure. Um, you need to do privileged uh, access control monitoring. You wanna make sure you know who your administrators are. You wanna make sure you have a plan for that. In many cases, the data center uh, of today already has a lot of great policies uh, implemented. I mentioned that Active Directory in some cases is much more mature. Well, there's many rights assignments, policies you could bring over and apply to the virtual infrastructure. How you configure that will be different. There's definitely a delta in how it's configured. some of those practices can come over. Um, Another good one would be uh, your storage and networking. I actually deployed a virtual infrastructure for a customer, um, and they had a flat network. They had like a single VLAN network, and I came in, and they just kind of just wanted to issue me IPs, different IPs on the same subnet for the service console and the virtual machine networks, and there wasn't a lot of routing and switching happening on the background on the back end well no you want to implement a not a flat network don't just issue me one vlan for my one solution the virtual infrastructure is an extension of the physical infrastructure if you have practices in your network taxonomy where you isolate traffic on separate vlans or private vlans for any reason make sure you're planning that for your v switches and your distributed v switches um, make sure that you're going to bring a lot of that over and find the unique way to configure it in the virtual infrastructure that still gives it a harmony with the actual design of your data center. Tra- so translation it, yeah. is the key. Translating is the key there.
0: Yeah. if um, if if all those old rules still apply, um, there's got to be like resources and documentation and things like that. Where can people, start learning about them you had mentioned there's a new site up called vmsecurity.org where are some other things where people can go and say okay i'm going to go read about what's already out there
1: i mean there's some good stuff out there you can go to um we're releasing information on both the, the, the trimark hub uh, vm security is just released so bear with me as i start to populate that with more content um You can go, VMware actually does a great job in their KB articles of making recommendations. It's interesting because as they catch up to their documentation, it makes you wonder why they aren't just configuring it securely on the way out if it doesn't have a major impact on operations. Um, But they do a fantastic job. There's a lot of really good um, individual um, personalities in the industry. uh, bricks. There's a couple of, of really good websites. We can include that um, as part of um, the follow-up from this webinar, if you're interested. I have a list. Um, I just have to go grab it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, every, every time we do one of these, um, we are going to have the video uh, available um, up on our YouTube. Uh, we'll probably write a short blog. This will essentially be kind of a uh, chat script of what we talked about so far. Uh, yeah, there's a ton of links. There's stuff like uh, vSphere blog, VMware post uh vSphere security blog for best practices and deployments. so when we release all that we'll have all those links available for people um so want to move on to misconception uh number three that we can offload security of our virtual infrastructure to a third party it is we don't have to worry about it. we could just we could just put it over on something or someone else what do you think that comes from and what's the actual reality of relying on a third party versus like hey pay attention to this yourselves
1: um i had i had the the joy of being a an infrastructure and systems engineer for a great deal of my career and i i really appreciate and and support security at every level um and every layer of the data center but what you you have to realize is that the virtual infrastructure is another layer that needs to be secured as well and um, I was an administrator who hi- was highly dependent initially on my network team and their firewall rules. You know, that was the protection that allowed whether or not you know, um, certain traffic was going to be coming across an individual port, particularly vMotion. It's a very noisy port, it's a very uh, heavy use port. Um, it is supposed to be completely isolated from anything else because you're basically moving a virtual machine in live Uh, migrating it from one host to another in real time well when you do that you're exposing the virtual machine itself Um, so you want to do things like isolate that traffic well you need to be protecting these things on the virtual infrastructure Uh, you can't just depend on the network to take care of that for you You can't just depend on a um, though you benefit from it the encryption uh, for data at rest from your storage appliance or your storage solution you have to plan Um, that there are always going to be changes in every environment. There are gonna be deltas where new solutions come in um, and there could be redesigns and there could be changes in the way that security is handled at one of those exterior platforms you need to make sure that your house is in order. Security is the responsibility of the platform that you're on. Administrators will take it seriously. Information security should take it seriously. Um, It means that you should implement or have a plan for how you protect virtual machine disks, how you protect vMotions with, let's say, encrypted vMotion. Make sure that you're supporting that or that you're enforcing it across it. Because if something changes in the outlying network, you know on the virtualization side that things are hardened, things are secure. Um, And like I said, I've been guilty of it myself and we do benefit absolutely from having security and depth at each one of those layers. But again, that one of those layers is virtualization, and that also needs to be secured as much as any of the others.
0: So we've got another question for you from chat, by the way. If you have a question for D, um, just put it in that little chat thing, and uh, and we'll get to it. Uh, Matt asks, what's your opinion on joining vCenter to AD? I think VMware maybe doesn't recommend that these days to provide a, an auth boundary.
1: So there's a lot of changes coming from what I understand on identity, um they're rethinking a lot of things i i it's a tough question that's a really challenging question and it's a really good one i'm glad you brought it up um the majority of what organizations are doing today is they are linking uh their authentication for their user accounts from vCenter uh to active directory and it's kind of like what this is, webinar is all about is if these things are inextricably hooked together um, how are we going to secure them? How can you, is vCenter secure because Active Directory is? Um, I think I think I could demonstrate how it's not and vice versa. I'm afraid to demonstrate how that's true as well, um, but I will. And and that's going to be because most of the accounts that are out or most of the organizations that are out there are still using that practice. They're still um, taking accounts in Active Directory and allowing them to be used for privilege uh access within the vSphere environment. Um, if that answers the question, I hope it does.
0: Yeah, no, awesome. Um, Do I recommend it? I'm, I
1: am mean, I still haven't coming up with a recommendation for that actually.
0: Awesome. Uh, all right, let's get into the fun part, the virtual breach in practice, right? So we've talked a little bit about those misconceptions versus the actual reality of working with VMware vSphere in your, uh, Active Directory environment. But we all want to, you know, not all of us want to think about what the worst case scenario would be. Like we don't want to be a headline, but like that happens. We see it all the time. So what is that going to actually look like if we're if we're talking specifically about uh, uh, vSphere? So virtual breach in practice, I'm just going to walk through real quick. We could go drill down super deep into how a thing happens, right? But to set it up, um, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna say that, let's say there was an initial compromise, could call it a spearfish, could be a critical RCE flaws, right? Tail as old as time is how a lot of breaches happen. So what's gonna happen from that initial compromise? You tell me where you wanna pick up this story, D. We could start, start off at the recon, at the lateral movement, like where do you want to start?
1: No, I think you're starting in the right place. I mean, if I would like to focus on the, the relationship between Active Directory and, and vSphere. So, you know, while it's not popular to assume breach, that's a viable, uh, those are viable ways to get in um, and just get kind of a foothold, right? You just say compromise a Windows device and manage or and or manage to get um, an authenticated user account in a given Active Directory environment. Well, if you've worked with us, uh, you may be doing your due diligence and actually securing your Active Directory environment. So it may not be an obvious first stop to compromise. Once you're in, you know, a, a well-secured Active Directory environment is uh, is is very challenging to overcome. So, what are we gonna talk about here? We're gonna talk about how to compromise one, system, one platform. And then go back and forth between them if you were able to get some sort of foothold uh, on one of those workstations you could do what actually what i've done in the past doing a AD assessment i start it's very easy to identify as a domain joined system what your domain controllers are um it's from there i probably would just start enumerating and ask it for all the user accounts in the domain um what we do at trimark is we start filtering those accounts into specific groups looking for privileged groups and, and nested membership of accounts and other groups custom groups within those privileged accounts um a nice secure environment maybe they have protected those they're vaulting the passwords you know they're doing a great job um in every environment that i've ever performed an active directory assessment that had vmware on as their virtualization solution that they deployed it, um, which is actually 80 to 90% of the 80 assessments we've done. Um, I've actually detected benign user accounts, but they're called VM admin, VMware admin, vCenter administrator, um, and they're standard users. They're not given any special privileges in Active Directory, which is good, um, but they're they're standing out, they're very obvious, So I'm able to not only find groups like that and enumerate those users, so I can see those individual accounts, or I can actually find service accounts or dedicated admin accounts. Um, Look for underscore uh, SVC or underscore ADM. Um, Once I find a VMware group, I start enumerating those accounts, and what an attacker might do is then use any of the standard practices they would for administrators to compromise to go after those standard users, whether they're using a uh, some sort of patch the hash or hash attack or some other method to try to compromise those accounts, those will be the ones that the attackers will go for um, because they're not nearly as protected as let's say domain admins in an AD forest. You know, Those will be protected, but standard users often are, are not as nearly protected. They don't necessarily treat VMware admins like administrators in the Active Directory domain. Um, Once I do that, I've got privileged access. Now I'm looking for access control. I'm looking to overcome access controls within the environment. I might start looking for something as simple as doing uh, LDAP queries or DNS queries, something to to look up names of systems, looking for something obvious or or, um, like vCenter. 01 or ESXi 01, start looking for uh, a way to enumerate inventory items on the virtualization side. Another thing I might do or an attacker might do would be to step through and look for things on different ports. They do some port scanning, Um, try not to be too noisy, but they'll look for anything that will respond on 443, but particularly let's say 902, the service console port. You look for devices or systems, perhaps you could compromise a workstation that has that port open. um, And that workstation can definitely see uh, traffic on that port and potentially the networks that connect back to the management network for vCenter. Um, This is not uncommon, this is how they're doing it today. And once you've got either that workstation or a direct connection to vCenter, you've already compromised an administrator account, you're in. Um, that's it. You now have the most privileged account directly accessing the v- virtual environment. Um, from there, I mean, what would I do or what can be done? There's a couple of recent articles that just came out on what attackers are doing today. And it looks a little something like um, reconning the environment once again. Now, with administrator privileges, you can do a full inventory of vCenter. If you're in linked mode, you might have access to multiple vCenters. Um, immediately you'd probably try to look for systems um, that don't have secure boot enabled. Um, I I don't have to look very far, as I said, I've done a lot of assessments in the last two years for customers who haven't actually had uh, secure boot enabled uh, as part of their deployment. Well, if it's not enabled and you have no safeguards in place, with elevated privileges in vCenter, you own the ESXi host. You have equivalent to root. You can start loading and injecting um, vSphere installation bundles, VIBs, that have uh, you know, malware and attacker tools on them. You can put those directly onto ESXi host. In fact, you can seed all of the hosts uh, with these uh, software bundles. Um, you can start to then leverage attacks like the one I just mentioned, where you're going from the host with privileged account and you're looking to penetrate the host guest relationship and going directly into guest operating systems. You can do that through VMware tools exploits. Now, all of a sudden, I'm able to pivot right back to Active Directory. All that work you did, all that work that your administrators did, all that securing from all that research that was done to secure Active Directory, And I've basically circumvented it by moving laterally into the vSphere environment, escalating my privileges from AD over, owning vSphere. If I seed all of this stuff, if I create cron jobs on local ESXi hosts to I don't know, automatically create accounts with root privileges on there that look like the VPX user account, call it VPF user, VPS user. Maybe I'm camouflaging myself. You better be really capturing a lot of the log information on those hosts and um, to be able to detect that. But you're gonna then give a, a secondary effect of persisting in the virtual infrastructure. Again, now I'm able to attack AD specifically though. I've set myself up not only with privileged accounts in vSphere, I've not only set myself potentially up with persistence and seeded all those hosts with malware, I can now poke through and look at any of your assets on the virtual infrastructure, let's say domain controllers. And I can either do something like clone or snatch up an errant snapshot of that domain controller, for offline use, maybe go after the um, Active Directory database, or I can start injecting software directly on it through exploits and VMware tools. That's a little troubling. Those, the, If it wasn't for some of the most recent research, a lot of this would be hypothetical, but attackers are actually doing this in real time. These are the types of attacks that foreign nation states and hacker groups are actually going after they're going after systems on virtual machines they can't directly access and they're utilizing the virtual infrastructure to do so anything hosted on the virtual infrastructure has to be it is exposed to the virtual infrastructure by by nature of it resourcing it virtual machines themselves so
0: so I was, and, and this brings up a question just for me, and, and you and I haven't covered this particular question before, uh, but I was at uh, HushCon, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I mean, I was at an undisclosed uh, <laughs> conference in New York uh, this past weekend, or maybe right. it was a few weeks ago, and somebody may or may not have given a talk. Uh, that,
1: That's great. Uh, speakers, <laughs>
0: That's uh. It's so again, and I come from the defensive part, right? I, I come from the threat hunting part, where I live and breathe and die and eat logs, right? Logs for everything. Like the 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 lack of logging in just a regular environment is criminal sometimes, whether it be on the network or on the host or or whatever. What kind of log? Do you have any recommendations for logging from vSphere, like? Are they are those logs different? Are the ways to set them up different than it would be in an AD like a regular um, AD environment? Or any like tips or tricks or something like that's that's special to VMware?
1: Um, there there are going to be solutions like you can you can get on um, I guess it might be like VROps, you can get some of the software that VMware offers. I'll be honest, I I like VMware as a company, I actually do, and I like their solution. I dedicate a lot of my professional career um, to the platform. Um, One of the challenges I'm noticing though is in their operations um, and their logging solutions for vRealize at customer sites. When I see it deployed at customer sites, they have it only deployed in part. And I, I ask them why. I'm like, why do you only monitor some hosts, not others? And it's if it, it for them, in many cases, it's budget. They're they're coming down to a matter of not being able to price everything out so that they can afford to implement that solution. It's a native solution. It's a vRealize solution that allows you to do operations and log insight and they even when I've seen it deployed, it's only been deployed in part. And in many cases, I don't think that's a, a knowledge gap, or they just don't understand what they need to do. Some of it is licensing, so uh, sometimes they're only deploying a portion of the VMware recommended logging uh, uh, solution. And in other cases, I've seen some great, uh, some great things. Not only are they doing sys- some basic sys logging where they're just capturing logs and archiving it for forensic purposes and centralizing that, making sure that they have that information and data. That there's actually some active monitoring and alerting being set up by third-party solutions. Now VMware captures all of the ESXi host logs. Um, They're able to then pull that information, if not directly from the hosts, then centralized and pulled um, from the vCenter server itself. as far as what I would recommend uh, to alert on, uh, all, all the basic stuff, um, any change on uh, administrator accounts, any administrative activities, uh, particularly those that make configuration changes. Um, some of the stuff I don't wanna mention just because I am working on releasing uh, probably a, a more soup to nuts or full scope recommendation when it comes to monitoring and logging on vSphere. There's there's already been a lot of good work out there and. There's some leveling up that I've noticed uh, on the VMware side with enhanced uh, logging, but I, I want to do, I'm doing a lot of my own research. I'm doing a lot of my own collection, and I want to release some content, just put it out there in articles. And once it's complete, I'm just going to put it out on the uh, for everybody to, to pull, which is what we recommend as far as lower the noise on the active monitoring. If you just see tons of alerts, you're either going to go and, and wash it out. You're not going to look at it. Or you're just not going to be detecting some of the more key things that i know you do want to make sure you're you're monitoring for you want to monitor for any crypto activities any changes in cryptographic uh, tasks that are going on um and you want to alert like huge red alerts for any time that's happening if it's not a known event like implementing new uh, uh cryptography for example on a esx host.
0: gotcha there's another question in chat um not sure if this is germane or if you have uh, a recommendation around it but one of the uh, attendees asked, "Do you have any recommendations around Carbon Black's EDR or any other type of EDR?" EDR? Yeah. Like for ESXi hosts? Sure. Let's. I'm going to assume that's why he's asking that.
1: I I'll be honest. I haven't done a lot of research into uh, Carbon Black, and and it's to, you know I, I should do a better job. They it's not like VMware and and Carbon Black haven't been together now for a couple of years. But I don't, I don't have any recommendations. Um, I know that there's been some, a little bit of shade thrown recently in some, some articles that came out about ESXi hosts not really having uh, EDR, uh, not allowing antivirus or having good, good answers to these particular challenges when it comes to protection against uh, installation of malware. Um, so I don't have any uh, off the top of my head recommendations for EDR. What I would say, and what my response was to those articles, is implementing the actual configurations that VMware recommends, um, which is to get TPM chips to enable secure boot um, and have the host attest to its known secure state on boot. Is it's it's a it's what we have now. You should at least be doing that and. Uh, hopefully we will see something coming out soon where we'll have some visibility uh, or some protections in place uh, for the ESXi host itself.
0: Um, just a, uh, actually a comment to go off of that. I'm also looking at our own um, internal chat room and Sean Metcalf, our, our founder and CTO, has said, uh, you know, Carbon Black is good, but the places where I've seen it done well, uh, and this is always the caveat, right, for things like this, the places where we've seen it done well, have had at least one dedicated person to make it successful, Uh, which goes to any number of things, right? Like I came into TriMark and I was like, we should do X thing and like, well, other places have, you know, dedicated people. So that's always a really good caveat to say of like, you could do it, but better have somebody to babysit it. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and if I were to piggyback on that, I think that that might be one way to answer it. So, something um, that I realized in just the past couple of years working at Trimark is we, we don't wanna just help customers who have a budget, right? A lot of companies might, to their benefit and to their customers benefit, target larger organizations or organizations in certain uh, arenas, you know, financial organizations or such. Um, security, everybody needs security. Um, every system needs security or platform needs security. And honestly, some of the, more, some of the smaller environments, small businesses, um, not f- not-for-profit businesses, they, they're desperate for security. Um, that's why uh, we're pushing to release more content. That's why we try to do the work that we're doing is what if you don't have Carbon Black, let alone a Carbon Black dedicated resource? Uh, what can we offer you as far as recommendations or advice or policies that you could put in place uh, to help secure your environment. If you if you can't, you don't have the budget, you don't have the staffing, what can we do to help the administrator so that they don't get discouraged? I mean, that was one of the things that I noticed when I was an administrator is, my job got heavier and heavier and heavier, and it had to give somewhere, right? I, I got to give on something. We don't want anybody to give on security. We, we don't want administrator or administrator groups to be so overburdened that they can't focus on security, that they feel like they need a dedicated resource to do that, to do it at all, um, or that's the only solution is to have and to buy and to acquire or hire. Um, No, we want to release the content. We want to put the message out. We want to put the information in the hands of the administrators to the organizations, big and small, to make sure that they have the best research that we have to offer, that they have the best techniques that we have, that they're going to be able to implement policies that make sense for their unique deployment case, and that they have security, that they're not just going to be another organization that's easy to target. No low-hanging fruit, so to speak.
0: Um, Sorry about the rant. Oh, no, no, no. I like, I, I think this is so much more valuable to like, go down these roads and like, sure, we have stuff prepared. Why not? That's what we do the webcast for. But when these little questions come up from the actual people that come to watch us, you know, <laughs> why the hell not? Um, I got, there's two more questions that, uh, I, I don't know if they're short answer for you or not, or, or, or like, if, if we could hit them real quick. Uh, the first is from, uh, Alexander. Uh, they ask, uh, if implementing Horizon on ESXi hosts is TPM a must from your perspective?
1: So the, the follow-up question is to that: Are you going to Windows 11? So um, Microsoft's taking a pretty firm stance here. Even though I thought for a minute they were going to waffle, um, it, it, I would say yes. I would say it's going to be a requirement from your guest operating system of choice. I'm not saying that you know i'm not trying to to isolate and say that it's not valuable to make comments on linux operating systems uh i'm just there's a there's a volume there's a difference in delta there's a lot more microsoft operating systems on the desktops uh, at the moment at least in the business cases Um, yes i think windows 11 is pushing to have tpms as required um I don't have a major problem with that. I think a readiness is the problem, getting organizations ready. The good news about TPMs and virtualization on the servers or the workstations is you don't need TPM chips. You need to leverage the underlying security technology. In the case of VMware, it's VM encryption. So if you and you don't have to encrypt the entire VM. If you already have an encryption solution uh, for your data at rest, you know, complement that. You don't have to go double encrypt or re encrypt or use all this extra effort or configuration or, God forbid, resources where you're losing performance. Um, no, you can implement VM encryption. You can target it for the VM uh, virtual machine fi- configuration files themselves, most notably the NVRAM file. And that will allow you to implement virtual TPMs, uh, which I do believe are going to be better for the virtual machines themselves, both workstation and server. Um, One of the reasons being that it works in concert in the case of a Windows OS with solutions like Windows Defender Credential Guard. Um, That's looking for uh, a vault for secrets, and it won't, it'll use uh, the space given to it by a virtual TPM to give you that added security.
0: Um, Awesome. Uh, Last question that we have in the queue are, uh, is... Uh, are the ESX and vCenter syslog logs enough for detection related to VMware vSphere targeting attacks or attempts?
1: Uh, no, um, they're not. Uh, you can. This is some of the work that I'm actually doing. Is you can configure them, um, and in many cases, you have to set up something else along alongside it. I, so I, I will defer to. My colleagues at VMware who do believe that I I think that they do have good ways of doing it through the vCenter server, using the built-in log alerts and some of the the solutions, the built-in parts of the solution where vCenter is able to actually let you know this. But the best cases I've seen of this are when you're using, you're doing multiple things. You're using um, a data logging solution or a SIM. You're you're offloading uh, to even something, uh, some simple syslogger that you're setting up. Because um, you not only want to do it for monitoring, you want to do it for forensics. Um, if you have an attack, you want to make sure you have all the evidence to go back and find out what happened. Um, again, I'm going to be really, I hope to release some more information on this specifically um, to answer your question better. So I'm sorry I didn't give you a, a, probably the best answer I could right now, but um, I'm, I'm putting together some stuff and I will release it and I'll release it for free um,
0: on yep. our content sites. And, and again, uh, for all of those releases that we're going to be doing, um hub.trimarksecurity.com. you follow us on twitter our very last slide spoiler alert are going to be all the links of where you can follow us so we come to our our very last point of discussion uh here d because i uh, i believe in all content and in all the things that we do especially in this industry if you're not giving people something actionable to do to like okay you talked a lot for the past hour and might have been a great conversation i think it was a great conversation but it was talking what can we do what can we do what can we take from all this information right so um so we're gonna do what's easy versus we could talk about what's easy or we could talk about what's most effective right Where you
1: go um right simple but not easy um easy but not uncomplicated yeah there's there's some things you can do right away um to start securing your environment today um I, the the easy things, I would actually say, are probably your advanced options, maybe on the host, but for sure on the VM uh, VMs themselves. It may seem like a big job if you have a lot of VMs. We've seen environments with tens of thousands of virtual machines in them, but those advanced options, those are immediate places where you can make changes. Um, the copy paste advanced options, um, some of the display and SVGA only options where you have to set it from true to false or from false to true. We document those so that you don't assume you set everything to true, which ones need to be switched to which side of the lever. Um, You can do that often through PowerShell scripts, uh, something quite simple where you can actually do it without the requirement of a reboot. Some cases you're gonna need a reboot depending on which configurations you're actually changing on the virtual machine and particularly on the host. There are very few uh, configurations on the host that you'll change that won't always necessitate some sort of reboot. Um, Some of the unexposed features you should be able to change dynamically on virtual machines. Again, if you wanna do them in batches, you could do them in test environments or in sandboxed environments to test it to make sure you're doing it. Those are the quickest, those are the ones you can turn around and associated to this is your templates, your golden images. If you take the time to upgrade the VM hardware and the virtual machine tools and the advanced options on your templates, that means every new VM you're gonna deploy is gonna have either the newest version of hardware, the latest VMware tools, or the most secure configurations. These are things you can change without directly impacting operations or your live environment. Um, As far as for the hosts, um, it's simple. It's just not easy. You need to deploy a root of trust through your entire virtual infrastructure stack. And that's the hosts. And again, pivoting over to the VMs themselves. I would recommend that if you don't have, um, purchase TPM chips. Um, The technology has been out for quite some time. In many cases, it's just a phone call to your hardware vendor. You can purchase them. I think they're between like 50 and $150. Uh, I hear um, individuals from VMware say it all the time. Is these are the things you just got to be doing and um, getting TPM chips that will allow you to then enforce a secure boot that further then has a report of attestation to vCenter to let the administrator know that it's booted in a known secure state that is huge if you can implement that it is a giant step in the right direction and then pivoting to the vms do a very similar activity continue that chain of trust for secure booting enable secure boot on your virtual machines if your virtual machine hardware level is too low if it's below version 13 you're probably not even going to have the option to do that that adds less more complexity to your solution. You're gonna to have to have a planned upgrade of all your virtual hardware versions. You're gonna to have to have a plan update in some cases of your virtual machine versions. Only 10.0.3 and above um, actually support, um, I believe it's either secure boot or VB, uh, VBS and virtual uh, TPMs. So I'm, I'm convoluting a few acronyms and I'm sorry for that. I know we're running up against time, but I would get that chain of security from the physical hardware to the host, to the virtual machine hardware, to the guest OS. That chain of security is probably what I would hit on the most. That's not the easy, that's simple to say, it's not easy to do. As far as easy to do, um, follow VMware best practices and update your templates with the most secure configurations for all future generations of virtual machine.
0: Yeah, And, and you and I had also talked about like uh, uh, some other like easy quick ones is um, you know doing things like changing the console count do you really do you really need 40 consoles at one time does the session close automatically and send the lock command stuff like that
1: yeah I I kind of breezed over that by just saying advanced options or advanced settings but that's a great one Uh, we find that all the time in environments all virtual machines are set to their default 40 sessions Uh, That's like saying 40 KVM access controls on an individual virtual machine. Um, An administrator logs in by default in vSphere 6.7 and I have to double check on 7.0, but I think it's still true. By default, it does not automatically send the lock command when you close the window of the console session. That means anybody else could just open the console or piggyback your console, wait for you to exit, and then they have your privileges on that system. Yeah, that's a default I was set to one.
0: Yeah. Um, There was one more question that I wanted to cover before we close out. Question in the chat. Um, How can you secure the templates or identify if they were tampered with? I'm not sure which templates they were referring to, but it might have been something you were talking about previously.
1: And if you, if you, so the the catalog is a, a very interesting aspect of vCenter, and that's one way. Not only so the catalog uh, in vCenter gives you the ability to kind of have a library of virtual machines. It's 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 less security, it's more dynamic automation of the administrative tasks like deploying new systems. Um, how can you protect those? And I'm I'm using that as an example. That wasn't the question that was asked, but I wanted to, to give it a, some time because the, a lot of organizations will find ways to synchronize that catalog from one system to another, from one site to another, from one vCenter to another. Well, if you have no way of knowing if your templates have been tampered with, then you perpetuate your problem by duplicating it across to multiple sites, uh, to multiple V centers. So there's a there's a there's an actual challenge there from a security perspective that I I'd noted only recently. And so since it's something I'm still working on, I don't have a great recommendation around that. Um, one of the okay. way one of the ways I would do it, off the cuff, would be to not use Always living persistent templates, so I would reconstitute my templates given a, a standard process. I would redeploy golden images on a periodic basis. Um, that would keep them from existing right on a data store in perpetuity. All oh, we always use this image to deploy new domain controllers, and then attackers actually that would come in. Let's say. In the scenario I illustrated, and seeded some malware onto that template specifically to capture on uh, redeployed new template systems or new systems from that template. Um, I would I would never just sit on and let get dusty golden templates. I would reconstitute templates on a periodic basis.
0: Yeah, that 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 makes a lot of sense. Um, all right, listen, it's we're over an hour, and here we were worried we wouldn't have enough to talk about. I think we got a lot to talk about um i want to thank first of all thank everybody for joining uh at the height we had like 100 people in here and i think that's amazing um if you want more of what we have we have so many links for you uh we actually have we just made a uh link tree you can follow the link tree uh, link at the bottom of the screen link tree slash or l- link slash trimark uh security oh got a nice comment thank you for the awesome webinar Great views. Um, So we have, God, what do we have here? We have the main Trimark site. We have our site just for all of our content and all of our blogs, all this virtualization uh, content will also be up there. Um, Joining our email list, Twitter, LinkedIn, Twitch, GitHub, Facebook, Instagram, Uh, Twitter. We're much more active on Um, Twitch. We do a weekly live stream. We call it our happy hour. We do it every week on twitch.tv slash Trimark security. This week we have Casey John Ellis on. Uh, CEO and founder of Bug Crowd. So he's going to be coming on. Uh, Sub T will be coming on. Casey Smith uh, pretty soon. Steve Reagan and a bunch of other guests. We do that every Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern uh, live on Twitch. We have our YouTube, which this will be up. And I think if you sign up for the webinar, if you were sitting here, you will get uh, uh, get a a reminder, uh, either the recording, um, but watch our Twitch, watch our uh, Twitter and things like that. Uh, And of course if uh if you have uh if you have an assessment um if that's if that's if we have piqued your interest and you're like we have a big virtual environment and we have never had an assessment i think on our last webinar which was uh, ask me anything with uh with uh sean scott and jake was that we said hey have you had an assessment which one have you had or have you never had one and i think the lowest one uh, of people that are like, hey, we've never actually had our virtual infrastructure assessed. We do that. Tremarksecurity.com slash services and you will get to meet uh, D and all of his awesomeness and his team, Jason and Sadiki. Um, so yeah, thank you, um, thank you everyone. Oh, somebody in chat said, uh, thanks, Tremark. There is nothing else like this out there, especially on VMware. That's yes. what we're here for. And we got some super talented people. So again, thank you everybody. Uh, next week, uh, we are doing another webcast. Uh, check our Twitter, we just tweeted out about it. Sean just tweeted out about it. It's gonna be our Trimark Ask Me Anything part two on Active Directory and Azure AD. Uh, D, can I impose upon you to promise me that we'll do this again for VMware?
1: Sure, I'm glad to have done this and I'm, I'm looking forward to catching up with you again.
0: Absolutely, again, thank you everybody uh and yeah look for all of our stuff everywhere we're around thank you everybody thanks danny